Alright, thanks for checking out another episode of the Thunder Underground Podcast. My name is Trent. And again, my name is Jason. Right, and we are here to bring you yet another episode with a, a guest that we're we're excited to bring and we're big fans of and all that. Definitely. Uh, this was a great interview, a uh, great guy, Kyle Shutt from The Sword, and uh, this is going to be a good episode, Trent. Yeah, yeah, I think so. If this is the first time you're listening to us, we're all over social media. We've got our website, thethunderunderground.com, has the links to everything for Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, Instagram, and of course SoundCloud. That's right. And you can go back into SoundCloud, check out all our past episodes, and one of them was with Steve Ray, who is the singer for the band Oklahombres. Yes, uh, we're going to play you a song by Oklahombres. Uh, this song kicks ass. It's called Bushwhacker. Um, this song, I mean, not only is it just, you know, riff-tastic, but the solos and just the little solo runs are just awesome. They're just soaked. You know, uh, they're just air guitar worthy. You just want to throw your head back and open your mouth real big and make <laughs> one of those crazy guitar faces. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really love this song. Uh, you know, we're Steve Ray is a big supporter of us, and we're very honored. And we're going to give that support right back and, uh, you know, show these guys some love. Right on. Check this song out. It's called Bushwhacker.
Pod. Once again, that was Bushwhacker by Oklahombres. And like you said, that's just a an amazing song. These guys have uh, an EP out now called More Songs About Critters. Yeah. It's uh, got three tracks on it. El Chupacabre, Polecat, and Bushwhacker. That's right. And that's probably one of the best album titles ever. Yeah. More Songs About Critters. So, <laughs> I mean, I- I'm a fan. Yeah. And and Steve had mentioned they've got a uh, this right now. It's just it's just online streaming on Reverb Nation, but they've got a a bullet shaped USB that is coming out soon, just in time for Christmas and everything. So you can pick that up for your loved ones. That's right. Who like to be rocked or like their ass to be rocked off, basically. <laughs> yeah, stuff it in their yeah. stocking. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like a a great you know mid. Mid-tempo rock, you know, kind of southern-tinged, you know, metal rock, just like everything all yeah. there. You know, it's just like great vocals, great guitars, like you said. I don't know. I love this. I love all three of these songs big time, yeah. with, you know, without sounding like a dork. Just that's, I mean, as far as everything I've heard of bands, you know, regionally, this is this could be my favorite current band right now. Really? Of, of anything around here, even though not to play down anyone else you know we've played all kinds of bands and talked all kinds of bands that we love around here but this right now for me i think is sitting at the top this is your jam right now yes right on and hey about sounding like dorks you sound like a dork i sound like a dork this is what we dork out on right so it's just how it goes um and oklahoma is no different we're dorking out on it it's just uh swampy uh, stompy fucking southern metal and uh, we're really excited to play it for you guys so we hope you guys enjoyed it yeah and Steve like we said was on an earlier episode of our podcast it's a great one he talks about the band he used to be in a band called Pitbulls on Crack who are you know regional kind of area legends you know That's right you know thrash hardcore kind of metal from the the 90s you know we both checked them out several times live oh yeah I saw them many times back in the day. Yeah, so go back and check that out if you're a fan of what you just heard. You know, it's a great episode. All right, speaking of uh, live music, we've got several uh, several shows, cool shows coming up. Quite a diverse diverse styles, I believe. Very diverse. Yeah. This. Uh, well, by the time you hear this, most of this will have actually, several of these things will have already happened. But we're going Probably, to see. Probably, yeah. Yeah, we're going to see Doyle. Yeah, Doyle at the Vanguard. Right, of course. Uh, yeah, of, of the Misfits. Misfits fame, yes. Yes. His band Doyle is a is more metal mm-hmm. than than a lot of the stuff he's you know known for in the past. And yeah, you know it's a great album if you haven't checked it out. And came out in 2013. Yeah, it's called uh, Abominator. Yeah, and uh, it's like like Trent says, it's uh, <clears throat> a little bit more of a metal thing going on. Um, you know, I really think that there's a you know there's a Big Pantera vibe, kind of. I mean, not to the point where it's copping them or anything, you know. But, I mean, it's, you know, it, there's a Pantera vibe. So, if you're into that kind of thing, I think you really enjoy this CD. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I've never seen them live. Yeah. I don't know. No, I no, I think we did. Oh, yeah. When they opened for Anthrax. I don't think he was there, though. I don't know. We got to find out. We got to look that up. What year was that, do you know? 96. Oh, then, yeah, he probably was, because I think he was there all through the late 90s. Okay, so we've seen him before. Yeah. So we're going to see him again, and it's probably going to be pretty up close. Yeah. Because the Vanguard's a small room. Yeah, so looking forward to that. And then 
the next couple of days, I'll be seeing the winery dogs. Yes. In uh, Ardmore, which is South Oklahoma, and then in Dallas, two nights in a row, because they're worthy of seeing them two nights in a row. They're worthy of seeing 84 nights in a row. Right. If you ever had the means to do that. Right. They're worth that. And they could play the same songs every night, and it would still be worth it. I guess with all that being said, let's start talking about the sword. Because yes. we're going to get here into this interview here in a few minutes. That's why the people are here, I believe. Definitely. So, the sword has a new album that came out a couple months ago called High Country. It's a little bit of a departure, style-wise, but it still sounds like the sword, which is, you know. Oh, for sure. Right. So, it's like... Kind of, you know, a lot of the reviews I've read, people say that it's like got a, you know, a, a classic rock feel to it, like a Thin Lizzy at points and that kind of thing. I can hear, I can hear that maybe yeah. a little bit. I, yeah, I don't know. To me, it just sounds like, you know, what you know about the sword kind of mixed with that era of music, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a phenomenal album, you know? It's got all kinds of different, you know, things going on, like yeah. all their albums do. I think it's worthy of a... You know, a year-end list for albums, you know, the best albums oh, of the year. It's yeah, for sure. I think so. Um, I think uh, it is It is a little bit of a style change. It is a little bit of a shift. Uh, you know, I, I mean, there's no doubt there's, you can hear a difference. But, but I mean, it still rocks and uh, still sounds like the sword. Yeah. So I don't know. I see no problem with it, and I'm I'm actually glad they are mixing it up a little bit. You know, I I like when bands do that. Some people don't like when a lot of bands do that. I I kind of like it. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it's I mean, if you're a fan of it, I don't see how you wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't like what they're doing now. Yeah. You know, it's just a natural progression, and they could always, you know. <clears throat> Shift back the other way eventually. It's just, and he even brings that up, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just what they feel like doing now. What you feel like doing. Yeah. You know, if you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, you're probably not that big of a fan to begin with, right? Yeah. Well, it's like he says, like Kyle says in the interview. You know, if you're a fan, you're gonna like it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and they're they're a great band. That's kind of, I think they've been under the radar, you know, to mainstream people. But anyone that's a fan of, you know, stoner rock or whatever you want to call it, yeah. the clutches. And the COCs of the world, you know, you probably know about the sword. So hopefully you're on, you're up to date with all this stuff. If you haven't seen them live, be sure and do that. When we went to the, to the show to do, you know, to do the interview, we got, we were able to get let in a little bit early and we saw like the last song in our sound check. Yeah, that was awesome. And so that was a pretty cool experience to be able to check that out. Yeah, that was definitely a privilege, I think. Yeah. And Kyle was a great dude and. Oh yeah, super nice. Yeah. You know, talk about anything. Uh, you know, made sure made sure he you know he wanted to make sure yet he, he had our names down, <laughs> stuff like that. It was really cool. We got anything else we want to talk about before getting this? You check them out on you know on Facebook, the Sword. Um, on Twitter, there, I think it's just at the Sword, and we'll talk about this in the. In the interview, <laughs> but if you're if you're looking for their website, don't type in the Sword.com. No. And, You'll find out why here yeah. a little bit, right? It's the Sword Official. Yes, the Official dot com. Their music's on Spotify, and you can buy their album anywhere that you can buy music. That's right. Well, anyway, let's get into this interview with Kyle Shut right now.
couple months now, so I was wondering if you've got all positive response from fans, or because since the sound's a little bit different, have you had any fans? Yeah, you know, we, we've had react uh, to it in a bad way or whatever. Yeah, I mean, our <laughs> our fans dig it, you know, and if you, if you don't like hearts. it, then you're not a fan, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> so. Uh, and and maybe you never were. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but it's it's it really kind of split some people like you know or down the middle there. The loved it, they hated it. Um, and I kind of wanted to do that anyway, just to at least make you feel something, yeah. uh, you know. And uh, but it's I think uh, people seeing it all live are uh, really like most of their worries are put to rest that we're like some kind of different band or something. I don't know. We've never made an album that sounded the same anyway, so I don't know. For for us, it, it was kind of a natural kind of progression. But I guess uh, some people just got real rooted in their thinking that we were just one particular thing or something. I don't know. I feel like we've always just, just kind of wandered around musically anyway. But, um, yeah. It's uh, funny you said what you just said about, you know, well, you know, if, you, you know, if you're a fan, you're going to like it anyways. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know, I see that people, a lot of people don't think that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, you know, and that's what we were talking about, about, you know, how are we going to, you know, let's ask them about the sound change or whatever. And, uh, and I'm like, well, if you're a fan, it's not going to matter. You're going to dig it, you know. You're not going to listen to something you don't like. So right. I just, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, I think it's a great album. I hope that, you know, the response is good. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you know, that. It should be. I just, I just don't like the closed-mindedness of people, you know. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it just sometimes it takes a little uh, pushing to get outside the box, you know what yeah. I mean? So hopefully yeah. uh, we'll, you know, <laughs> make some people come around a little bit. Uh, just anyway, on, on more things than just the sword record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> push, push them in the right direction. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or was it a conscious effort to try to open... To like keep yourself where you weren't limited to what you were doing before. Yeah, you could or, say that. I mean, it, it was n- not necessarily that so much. It was just a. It was more of a conscious effort than we had done in the past to create different sounds. Usually, it was just we kind of would have gone into the studio with like a, an exact album ready to go that we already had in our minds and that we wanted to make, kind of come into being. But this time, we kind of went in half baked, and just recorded everything we had and just kind of if something wasn't working, we just moved on to the next part and just kind of jumped around a lot more and it was like a really kind of all over the place um it wasn't just like this real regimented kind of first drums then bass then guitars then this it was just kind of whatever whenever whoever was around that's just whenever we did it so it, it kind of had more of like a like an immediate kind of feel i think where it was just like everything was kind of just done on the spot and then we were like screw it just we'll figure out how to play it later you know what i mean let's okay. just make this album make, make it sound as cool as possible that was really what we wanted just to add some depth i think to our recorded uh, body, you know, and uh, just that, <coughs> excuse me, I feel like uh, the producer we had, Adrian Casada, he, he did a great job of just bringing the depth into it as well, I think, uh, just with just more layers of sound and just things like that, it's, no, it's nothing that nobody hasn't done before, I'm not going to say like we're, you know, reinventing the wheel or something, but you know, it's, I like the old wheel, right? you know? Yeah. Uh, um, the horns on early snow, that was awesome. Thanks, man. I was like, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting it. It popped up. I'm like, that that works. That works. Yeah, Adrian kind of came from like a, a big Latin like orchestra, if you want to call it that, like a big band kind of, and um, with like a whole horn section and everything. Then we or we're all friends with all those guys, and uh, we we were kind of just waiting for it, like waiting for him to bring it up, like you know, just to put some horns on a part. And he didn't forever. And then finally one day he was, you could tell it was just eating him up. And uh, he was like, guys, I, I just, I really hear some horns on this part of the song. We're like, yeah, we just died laughing. We're like, yeah, bring them in, man. Let's do it. You know, so was, they did it in, in an afternoon. I mean, I think we 
grilled some tacos and smoked some weed and just yeah laid down some tracks it was fun that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> was uh is the writing when you guys write do you write music and then bring in lyrics afterwards or is it just however it yeah well jd for... writes all the lyrics so and sometimes the lyrics will be like the last thing you know over a song but some a lot more often uh, these days he'll already kind of have entire songs written sort of like it was when we first started uh, just because he lives in North Carolina now and the rest of us are in Texas and uh, I might be moving soon too so the, the way we write is just kind of changing where it's all like you know he'll come up with definite songs and then the the rest of us will kind of jam and just get all of our ideas recorded and just bounce it around and just eventually make songs out of all of it well do you know like on on Warp Riders did he write that complete like lyrically before you guys came in and put music to it no but it was a story that he had written it was the way that album was was kind of like a soundtrack to like a movie that doesn't exist you know it's just like there was already this story that he had written and then we just kind of wrote an album around that story okay we are eventually going to release the entire story we we wanted to do it in the form of a a graphic novel uh, around the time the album came out but the record label uh, didn't want to pay for it and it was (laughs) our last album that contract anyway and they were just kind of I think they were wanting to get rid of us and uh, that's okay we'll, we'll do it again someday I'm sure right. maybe like on the 10th anniversary or something I don't know we'll see you never know yeah. right well you brought up the record label it's like your second album now on Razor and Tie have they it been, is have they been good at promotion and helping you guys out and yeah you know uh, they really have and uh, it's um, I, the only like complaints I have these days are just labels in general, like kind of giving everything up to streaming services and, and just kowtowing to, to all them and uh, everything where it's just like it's getting even though we do have a label that is, you know, putting a lot of money into promotion and everything. It's almost like they're giving the album away most of the time. And then it's like there. It seems like any kind of label should be in the business of selling records. And um, they feel like they should have been more heavy handed. In, uh, in those negotiations, but you know, you know hindsight's twenty twenty, and uh, um, yeah, I would like to eventually just be able to own all of our own recordings, you know, and just release it that way, and just be entirely in control of it. Um, I mean, not bag and razor and tie in anyway; they've done a great job. But it's just that these days, if you want to survive in a, as an artist, you got to really like think outside the box. And I think the days of record labels and uh, managers and just this all all the the unnecessary middlemen is uh, slowly fading away. Yeah, it definitely is. Sorry. No, I was going to say, what do you think about... I noticed on your guys' website, like, Spotify's Mm -hmm. uh, predominantly featured there. Mm -hmm. So are you supportive of that? Because I know a lot of people have an issue with it since you're getting next to nothing in return. It's true, but, you know, I got to say that just with record stores disappearing and, and... youth not being able to get into music the way that I got into music you know it's just like times are different you know things change and like kids these days anything that gets anyone into music I think is a good thing right. because it is just it, for, for as much information is is out there on the internet it almost seems like everything gets lost and uh, it's, it's harder and harder for anybody to get exposure or it harder and harder for anybody to find good music or something like that and so Spotify makes it really easy to kind of get in touch you know with like other people and see what they're listening to and find out really old music or you know or brand new music they wouldn't have thought about and then you know eventually the, this has been the same argument since the days of Napster or whatever if they, if they, if they really like it they're going to go to the show and buy a ticket and buy a t-shirt and everything too so you, you just, just like 
If you want to be in a band these days, it's, it's so much more than having to just be able to show up and play guitar right. and walk out with a paycheck. You know, you really have to have a sharp business mind. You have to make wise decisions and you have to look out for shit. And, you know, even though we aren't getting much money from Spotify at all, um, at least I, I know for a fact that it has been responsible for a lot of people finding out about us for the first time. So it's, you know, I'm not in support of it or against it, really. It's just a, it's there and we have to like, like adapt you know and and uh evolve yeah or otherwise we're gonna get left in the dust yeah well, well that's the thing you know if it gets if it gets a kid to a show mm-hmm. which is where it's at mm-hmm. you know so i will say because that's what i do that's what i define as what i do is i get on stage and i drink a little whiskey and i just tear <laughs> ass on guitar for about an hour and a half in front of a bunch of people that came to have a good time you know it's really hard to like um replicate that you know in the studio so i hate to say like you know it's not really our job to make records i mean it is i like making records but it's just like really i think like what i do is right there on that stage you know and and that's the whole point of kind of the the type of rock and roll that we play is just to get people off their ass and out to the show and just to have a good time yeah well it's you know it's it's just the same thing just things have shifted it used to be we need to tour to support a record Mm -hmm. now you just record to support a tour I mean, kind of, I, yeah, you can I, say it that I've way. thought about it that uh-huh. way sometimes. No, it's true because it there, there is such a thing as like pointless touring when you're just going out. Just like a lot of bands make that mistake early on, they'll just oh, we'll just hit the road, and that's cool. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong, but don't hit the road unless you got something to sell or that you're pushing. You know, like a like a new record or a seven inch single or anything like that. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Is the is the logo gone now? Since it wasn't on the new album. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's there. It's on a lot of old albums and T-shirts and everything. No, we're just we're, we're kind of uh, wanting to just get away from that for a minute, just so that people don't think that that's all it is. I mean, it's 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 always there. You know what I mean? We can always go back and make a shit ton of T-shirts, right? You know, with uh, whatever on it and uh, everything. But uh, no, we we got a lot more like um, kind of sixty style, like linear, like psychedelic kind of artwork uh, for this uh, album cycle, just done up already. And uh, yeah, just it kind of had a, the album had a different feel. It didn't really look like it needed a sharp angler, you know, like metal-looking logo yeah. on it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a it sounds more like the Eagles than it does, you know, a Monomarth. Right. Uh, you know, so <laughs> we just uh, you know we, we wanted to go with like a photographic cover, and uh, instead of an illustrated one, again, you know, and um, yeah, that was just kind of just an, an attempt to shake things up a little bit and just show people that we're not just one thing. Or do any of the band members have the? Do you guys have a part in those old album covers, the illustrations, or do you just hire someone uh, to kind of give them an idea of what you want? Kind of, yeah, like that. You know what I mean? Uh, for, there's various levels of involvement, but yeah, it's, it was never the same way twice. Um, yeah, this time was just we just went photographic. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get into beer. Yeah. Um, you guys have your own beer. Uh, you know, how did that come about? What's your favorite kind of beer? We have a, we have a few different <laughs> kinds. You know, um, the, some people made a made some in Baltimore uh, called Oliver Ales. That was like a, a couple of different beers they did that were really good. But the ones that we were really involved with from the ground up uh, are from Real Ale in Texas. Okay. Just a, a friend of mine uh, that was the head brewer there uh, that I met by hanging out at this one particular beer bar in Austin. Uh, we just got to talking about making a sword beer, and at first I thought it was just an excuse to hang out with me or something, you know, because like, it, it seemed like it was never going to happen, and I was like, wait, hey, what's going on here? You know, but uh, no, eventually they, they put it on the calendar, and we went out and brewed it and filmed the whole thing and made like a little mini movie about it. It was like a, a English-style 
uh, ESB. It was like an English pale. Uh, it was really good. Um, and uh, it was called we, it was called Iron Swan. It was only available in Texas, but we did a tour, you know, in support of it. Just because, like we were talking about, yeah. you know, if you do something, then book a tour <laughs> around it and you know hit the road. Because you know, the press release goes out to you know a ton more people than just in the state of Texas. You know what I mean? So it's it's almost yeah. like releasing a beer that people can't get is really good press. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you and, and it might get people to like fly to Texas to come to, to the shows to drink the beer or whatever. We're doing another one actually with Real Ale. It's uh, it's yeah. going to be an oatmeal stout, and uh, it gets wow. released uh, December first. Yeah. And uh, but the re- the party that we're going to throw in celebration of it is going to be December eighteenth in San Antonio mm-hmm. at the Paper Tiger. So that one's going to be like a kind of a special event we're gonna yeah. do it in big bombers like 22 ounce yeah. bottles and uh nice. already got the artwork uh, approved by the tabc and uh you know it's like the alcohol police in texas okay. you know <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's a perfect time of year for an oatmeal style too. i know i'm so excited <laughs> i really am dude I, I i like um collaborating on things like that just because uh you know we like beer you know mm-hmm. like they like the sword so it's, uh, it's just kind of one big happy thing yeah. i mean we blasted through eight thousand cases of the last run that we did so really? it's like yeah it wow. took about two weeks to get rid of it so uh, yeah we'll see how much I think we're just going to do another 8,000 and see how fast it goes cool cool. what's your favorite kind of beer if you had to pick uh, you know don't yeah, ask yeah. me no, you don't want my answer I, I like Lone Star and shitty beer like that these days <laughs> yes. no I, I really like a good uh, a good Pilsner you know, like a German style Pilsner um, I'm not really into the IPAs I, I drank the hell out of them when, when I was in my 20s and just I felt like I smelled like hops all the time it was just disgusting after a while <laughs> Um, and it just wrecked my palate. I think I, I, I just I get I get a lot more into like the the really really light beers. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna talk craft beer, I like the really light ones. Yeah. Like, um, but not like the wheat beers. I, I just mean like light pilsners and lagers, and uh, or Berliner Weisses, like kind of light lighter sours, or like the really crazy stouts. Mm-hmm. Just like a, a real, just not real heavy handed on the hops or anything. Just uh, just a nice big bold clean stout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I I'm big on the IPAs. He's not, uh-huh. but uh, I, I I could drink that stuff all day long. Oh God, man! When I was on it, I was on it hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I, I would put away that. Uh, what was it? Um, oh gosh, that Stone IPA. That was a real good one. Um, there's a brewery out of Austin that actually that I worked at for a little while called Austin Beer Works. They had one called Fire Eagle. That uh, yeah, you can drink that like water. It's yeah. like so balanced. But uh, yeah, it was it was really. Uh, that was fun working there for a little while. What'd you, what'd you do there? I just kind of hung out in the tap room and poured <laughs> beer. I think they were just paying me to hang out, honestly, because uh, it was just like the easiest job. It was a total non-job. I, all I had to do was hang out, talk about beer, drink beer, pour beer. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> like we we took job. a long time off in between these two tours, and I just, believe it or not, sitting around smoking weed, playing video games all day actually does get old after a while and uh so yeah i just i got it just to get out of the house really i just kind of started working there but yeah and, but uh when it came time to make the album i had to let it go unfortunately yeah. but uh, it was a good time while it lasted yeah. <laughs> was the the hot sauce the same way someone came to you or was it one of you guys that actually um that was kamado our old record label they uh it was one of the, the guy that worked there jeff k it was his idea to do a tears of fire hot sauce just because it was kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of thing but we love hot sauce anyway and we're like oh yeah let's do it and there was like a really well-known hot sauce place downtown in austin called tears of joy that we uh collaborated on a, a, a recipe with we wanted it to be really spicy uh but have a lot of flavor still not just like a like an extract and like burn your face off for no reason kind of right. sauce you know but it's so it's like a, it's a dried ghost pepper that we mixed with a raw habanero mash and it is really tasty 
Yeah, yeah, we have it tonight. We, we it's kind of funny when we did that no reservations thing with uh, with Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> Sorry, uh, can you hear Cadaver? Sound checking in the background. Yeah, good. no, but uh, whenever we did that no reservations, uh, we basically got like a free commercial for the hot sauce, just because it was like just they played like a little thirty minute blurb about it on the Travel Channel, you know, every day. So then online sales kind of just keep coming in. That's awesome. The more they uh, they play it, it's really it's kind of funny that, how that worked out. back to music what's uh as a guitarist in a band that's known for a lot of riff heavy stuff like who's your favorite who would you look to as the best or your favorite riffers favorite riffers you know uh i grew up on ozzy uh my dad just uh played uh blizzard of oz and uh and and no more tears like constantly when i I was growing up and uh, Zach Wilde really like his uh, solos on no, uh, no More Tears and stuff were great. And Randy Rhodes' solos off of like it was just like any kind of era Ozzy, you know. Yeah. Like the, those solos were just like ingrained in my blood. You know what I mean? Just like from Randy Rhodes to Jiggy Lee and Zach Wilde, and all yeah. of them. You know, you can like sing those now. I know. That's that's kind of my so in yeah yeah. That's that. my definition of a a good solo is if you can sing it. Yeah. You know and. Um, you know, Kirk Hammett had fucking rad solos that uh, just, I learned every single one of them, you know, like uh, years and years ago. And uh, then being on tour with them and getting to hang out and just like, you know, see him live every night and everything like that was pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. We actually played the, the Tulsa, the BOK Arena. Is that what it's called over here? Yeah, yes. that, that shit was awesome. That was in uh, 2008, I think, or nine, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We, we were talking about that uh-huh. on the way here. We went and they had just opened that arena and. I guess, I don't know, the employees, or they are just training them. They didn't know what was going on. Uh-huh. And it took them forever to get everybody in there. Uh-huh. Like, there was and a couple thousand I'm people sure. just standing outside. And it was, like, in you guys December or January. It was freezing cold. And we were out there for, like, two hours. We got oh there. Oh, my God. We, we finally got in there right when down was plunk, uh-huh. was plunk, was, like, over. Oh, man. Yeah. That sucks. So, yeah. We would have saw you, but, yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, well. But, um, you can see us tonight. Yeah, right. Hey, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, Speaking of Metallica, yeah, go ahead. Saw a video of Lars playing with you guys. I think in France. Was it? Yeah, he did it once in Paris and uh, once in Cologne in Germany. That, yeah, that was did awesome. He asked to do that, or did you guys ask him? Around that Man, I can't remember how that came up. Honestly, we were hanging out a lot, and uh, we had always kind of joked about it. But then he was like. We'll do it in Paris or something like that. And then Paris came around. And he was like, "All right, let's do it." And it was kind of like filmed it, filmed the little sound check thing, filmed the, the whole deal, and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun uh, just jamming with him. We pretended that our drummer hurt his hand, and that we needed somebody to come play drums, <laughs> and then he ran on the stage, and just fourteen thousand people started going nuts, way more crazy than they were going for us, you know. <laughs> right. uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. And then we did it again in Cologne, just because it was so much fun. Well, you know, in Cologne, that was the last show we played with them on that tour. It was like after a year's worth of tour dates, we were finally like, guys, we got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys were out with them for a long time. Yeah, they told us we could have that slot as long as we wanted it. Wow. They Not were bad. incredibly generous. There isn't a single band alive, I guarantee you, that is as generous as they are to their opening acts. Really? Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. But awesome. I love the fact that they still bring out bands like you guys. That yeah, young, younger bands they don't have to. to. Expose it. You know, they could bring on a huge band just to add to the bill. But, but they, they don't even need a huge band. They're already the biggest right. band. I mean, yeah. like, it's crazy. They could do just them if they wanted yeah, to. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. people would line up down the block. <laughs> like, uh... I was kind of curious because I know a lot of 
a lot of your I was looking at your set list on the store uh-huh. so far and it's pretty heavy on the new stuff yeah and what do you think uh, it is about like this genre of music that fans are more accepting to, to that because you get a lot of genres of like standard rock or hard rock or heavy metal where people get pissed off if they're not hearing all the old stuff yeah I don't know I, mean, I think we just force people to go along with us you know it's like it's a ride and we're we're going you know you can keep up if you want you know because we kick ass live you know and I, I have full confidence saying that it sounds cocky but I, seriously we're a kick ass rock band and uh, people at the end of the night no matter what we play they're gonna go away thinking like god damn you know like wow that was awesome maybe I should maybe if I didn't like that record I should go check it out again or something you know what I mean like and all the people that like it anyway just have a blast you can tell all the people that have already listened to it a hundred times every night you know what I mean it's like it's been a our, our fans really really dig it so that makes me feel good because we're really proud of it you know well how do you, you guys uh, construct the set list every day does someone write it up because I noticed that chain order changes yeah, a lot yeah whoever's around writes it it's kind of like first come first serve like you know sometimes I'll get a text and it'll say like here's the set and be like damn it ah. <laughs> no yeah it's kind of we, we, we like to mix it up just Playing the same set every day gets really old. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have to? Uh, like, is there a song pop up that you haven't played in a while, so you gotta go back and listen to it? Yeah, definitely. That's happening more and more these days. I think we're at like 70 songs now, total or something like that. You know, so we're like 65 or something like that. And uh, so after a while, yeah, if you would have, you would have asked me a couple years ago, I could have played any of them. But nowadays, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, we uh, sometimes have to go back and yeah relearn it or just yeah. play it a couple times just kind of get back in that mental state yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you guys uh fans of cadaver oh yeah they're awesome you, uh, yeah cadaver kicks so much ass dude you have to watch them yeah i, I checked them out whenever i saw their opening up uh, for you and that's the first time i heard of them but yeah i fucking love it they're really good live too yeah. it's awesome yeah and the, all them witches too the first band it's a solid build of night man it's a, it's a really good time okay It's like the raunchiest gay porn site you've ever yeah. seen in your life. Yeah, back in the day, um, the, the sword.com was like open or it was for sale, but it was like five grand and we just we didn't have that kind of money, you know what I mean? It was like 2003. Like these days, sure, would have written a check no time, but like, you know, back then, that was like a, an impossible amount of money for us to fathom paying for a website domain. So we just went with sword of doom.com, which now the swordofficial.com. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so what, years later, once we found out what the sword.com had become, oh, it was man. just like ridiculous. But my uh, my grandma texted me one time. And oh, she goes, no. the sword.com isn't your website, is it? And I was like, no, grandma, don't. Ah, oh, God damn it. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know, what's, what's funnier to me is when people tag the sword in things. And it's, uh, it, it's one of three things. It's either this gay porn, or it's like this Christian thing about like the sword oh, and the yeah, whatever, the you know, or it's like some gnarly like pagan rock band, you know, like us, you know, so it's just like, <laughs> like many, many meanings you, of the sword. Hashtag. You're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no one asks about that? 
No, actually, uh, no, that's like, really funny. No, seriously, you guys answer. might be the, one of the first to ever bring that up, which I don't have a problem yes. talking about it. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, right. yeah, that is, it was pretty funny. Well, yeah, because I was yesterday, I'm like, man, I've, I've never looked at their actual website. Because, like, oh, you know, these days it's always just like totally. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even yeah. Google it. I just, I forget, it's probably sword.com. I'm like, oh, it's not. <laughs> Boom, big old butthole right there, right? Yeah. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> so that's what I was going to ask you, if you guys ever tried to buy it out. but No, they, in fact, they tried to buy us out of uh, our Instagram and Twitter and stuff like oh, wow. that. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Uh. Well, well, thanks, man. Well, awesome. Hey, guys, Appreciate seriously, it. thanks for Appreciate taking it. the time to talk. Yeah. I hope yeah. you have Appreciate fun tonight, yeah. man. Yeah. All right, there you go, Kyle Shutt of The Sword. Quite an honor to sit down with him for a little bit and talk about everything that's going on with that band. Yeah, from, uh, you know, from beer to, uh, you know, um, weird porn or weird uh, websites, you know. <laughs> it was all good. Yeah, great music, gay porn, and beer, right? Oh, well, Lord. Yeah, whatever. Now that's a combo. <laughs> Well, once again, want to send our thanks to to Kyle and the band for taking yes. the time to do that. And again, check him out at theswordofficial.com and on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, check th- him out. Oh, sorry. Uh, thanks to Kane's yeah. Ballroom, uh, Brendan, the tour manager. Right. He, uh, I think he helped you out getting this together. So thanks to yeah. him. Yeah. And uh, check out Kyle on on Twitter. It's at sword underscore solos, which is pretty cool. I thought that is cool. And then. On Instagram, it's just at Kyle Shutt with two T's. Well, we want to bring you now a second song from the Oklahoma Boys, because like we said earlier, we're a big fan of, you know, this band. And what Hell yes. And this song we want to want to play for you now is called Polecat. It's a song about critters. <laughs> because you need more of them. You always need more of them. Yeah. And this one's kind of got a, a great kind of pounding groove to it. And it's a little, yeah. you know, it's a little faster in the... The one we played earlier, but it's got, you know, this great, you know, pounding drums and bass, you know, get you going. And then the great guitars and, of course, the great vocals. So it's kind of a everything's there that needs to be there. Damn right. If you guys haven't figured it out, we really dig this band and we want you to dig this band. So listen to this stuff. Yes, this is called Polecat.
right, once again, that was Polecat by the Oklahoma Braves. Check them out online. They're on Facebook, and you can also find them on Reverb Nation. Just search Oklahoma Braves, which is O-K-L-A-H-O-M-B-R-E-S. And you can spell, too. Yes. Yes, Trent. Yes. And like we said before, check out our previous podcast we did with Steve, the singer of that band. We've also done podcasts recently with Sid Falk, formerly of Overkill, Joey Allen of Warrant. We've got Kyle from Battlecross. There's also a YouTube video of that one. Yes. We've got John from uh, Sons of Texas. That We've was a good one. Some great, you know, regional bands like Severmind and Rocket Science and Driver. Driver. Members of these bands have been on. So yes. check all those out. Check, check them, them out. out. On Listen Reverb to them. Nation. Right. And once again, check us out at thethunderunderground.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and also on Instagram, which is at The Thunder Underground. We've got a feature called Lost Classics. Yes. And this is something we had, we had done pretty regularly for a while. And then once we got heavy into doing these podcasts, we kind of let it slip for a bit. Yeah, it kind of kind of went by the wayside. But it's back now. We've got one that we just put up. Yeah, this past week you did. From Bloodline. Right. Uh, who was a band, uh, 1994-95, that had a young Joe Bonamassa. um, And it had uh, sons of rock stars. uh, You know, uh, Miles Davis' son, Barry Oakley Jr.'s son, Robbie Krieger's son. It was a great blues rock project. But uh, we've had many lost classics on our on our social media platforms, uh, Lucy's Fur Coat, Ugly Kid Joe, um, you know, we've had some Black Sabbath, you know, that you might, some more obscure Black Sabbath with like Tony Martin, and we've just had all yeah. kinds of stuff on there. Yes, albums from big bands like Megadeth and that kind of slipped under the radar. Yeah. Corrosion and Conformity and down to bands you might not know about, like, like you said, Bloodline. Or, yeah. Uh, we did... Saigon Kick and Fight and some bands that had a little bit of fame in the 90s but <laughs> didn't didn't last in the mainstream. Which is why we call them Lost Classics. To us, they're classic and more people should have got into them. Right. So that's why we feel they might have got lost in the shuffle a little bit. And uh, it's just, you know, we, you know, we put the album cover up there and we write about it and just to kind of get conversation going. So it's a fun thing for us and people seem to really dig it. Yeah, and that's on, on Instagram. If you just hit the hashtag, hashtag Lost Classic, all one word, you, you know, there will be some other random stuff mixed in there from other people, but the majority of them in that hashtag are our stuff. Yeah, and you'll be able to tell. Yeah. So, anyway, we hope you check that out. Hope you dug what you heard, and we hope that you tune in again next week. Yes. We will have an oh-so-tasty episode, as of always. Of course. Thanks again, thethunderunderground.com, and we'll talk to you soon. See you later. Mm-hmm.